Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 4, Episode 6, Wild at Heart. Oh my god. Kara, this episode... I'm here for you. I'm here for you, Steph. I need you, friend. I need you. Because the, the tears I shed, the anxiety I feel watching this episode is so... It, 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 ugh. Like, it's never hit me like this before. This rewatch has, like, completely changed this episode in my mind from how I remembered it when I was young. And it hurts. Like, it just it just hurts. It deeply upset me, this episode. It might be my least favorite episode so far of the entire series. Wow. And, and to be clear, it's not because we think it's, like, a horrible episode. No. It's just, it's the no, emotional no, no. content. You're saying this hurt you more than Becoming? It did. And I have a lot <gasps> to say about why. But for sure, and... Like, like I can't. I literally. Like, I'm doing a podcast. I'm like, I cannot speak about how this episode affected uh, well, me. Well, we're gonna get there. You can just keep commenting as we go through. So yeah, yeah. One let's step take at it time. one step at a time. Um. So where where are we starting here, Steph? We are starting on UC Sunnydale campus, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer is running across a very busy campus, and a vampire is clearly chasing her. Like, they're sprinting, and no one cares. And I was like, what in the world was the death rate on this campus before Buffy became a freshman? They need, like, another one of those take-back-the-night marches, because apparently (laughs) when a woman runs across campus being pursued by a man, nobody cares. Right? They opted to go to the free jello shot party rather than go to take-back-the-night. But yeah, so, so... I do like this beginning. It's just really exciting. So Buffy runs behind this like building where it's, you know, where where there's no um, people. Uh, She turns around and she says, thanks for the relocate. I perform better without an audience. And then they fight a bit and Buffy's giving him snark saying like, you know, you were thinking, what, a little helpless co-ed before bed? (laughs) And it's awesome. And then she stakes him. And as she stakes him, she says, you should know that when you eat this late, you're going to get heartburn. And then she dusts him (laughs) and... Then she says, nothing? Like, that's it? That's all I get? One vamp with no appreciation for my painstakingly thought out puns? I don't think the forces of darkness are even trying. And then she starts like wandering off into the night. She's like, I mean, you can make a little effort, you know, give me something to work with. And as she's walking away, who is standing on some odd high level field (laughs) and watching her? It's Spike. Spike is muttering and bragging to himself about nothing. <laughs> He's just standing there. He's like, watch your mouth, little girl. You should know better than to tempt the fates that way. Because the big bad is back. And this time, it's... And then... <laughs> He's tased. And all these army guys pull him off screen. So first, I really... I, I want to think that the army guys didn't even need to detect, like... That he's a vampire, however they're doing that. I like how I, I like to think that they just looked at him and they're like, 
yeah, that guy's a vampire. <laughs> yeah, <that's> um, <laughs> that jacket. But also, he uses the phrase big bad here, right? Like, this is the common phrase for the Buffy villains of the season. Yeah. So he's, like, positioning himself as the big bad, which this is the second time he's done that, right? Because this is, we, we thought he was going to be the big bad way back in season two, and that was a fake out. And I love how the show is doing it again. They're like, <laughs> oh, Spike's going to be the big bad in this. Nope. No, no, he's not. No. (laughs) So I I really like the humor of this scene. And I like how they're, you know, undermining our expectations because Spike is a credible villain, except he's not. Yeah, he's such a joke sometimes at this point. And uh, before we talk a little bit more about Spike, um, you know how I just said that when they're running across campus and no one is around where she brings him. Um, remember the last time we saw a spike was harsh light of day and him and Buffy had a very open daytime fight on mm. campus and we were laughing that no one saw or did anything about it. And, um, Jesse from, uh, the underscore film underscore room on Instagram mentioned that like a fight on campus, that's just those gangs on PCP. <laughs> right. I forgot. I forgot about the, the white boy gangs. <laughs> And that made me laugh so hard. I was like, it's so true. They're just like, oh, it's another classic white boy or white girl gang. <laughs> so I took the liberty. I took the liberty of taking a trip to L.A. and visiting my ex-boyfriend, Angel, uh, because I wanted to see what Spike got up to after Oz. Remember Oz brought the Gem of Amara to mm-hmm. L.A. They had the they had a. The Council of Elrond, Lord of the Rings style, about what they should do with the One Ring. They brought it to LA. Um, so I followed them there and I watched the episode. And just so anyone knows what happened to Spike and why he's like, the big bad is back. Because as far as we know, he's just been in the sewer this whole time, right? Um, Oz brought the gem of Amara to Angel and Spike followed him there. And he faced Angel and Angel's new detective team in L.A. And he hired a vampire torturer named Marcus. And they tortured Angel to find out where he hid the gem. And then, you know, shenanigans happened. Marcus double crosses Spike, takes the gem. Of course he does. Spike needs to learn to stop outsourcing. Right. Spike, just do it yourself. Um, Spike's head catches on fire at one point and then Angel, Angel defeats Marcus because Angel's a hero and, um, the man of all of our dreams and Angel then destroys the ring because, you know, only a man of his kind and level of sexiness can work at night. He doesn't want to work during the day. Uh, and it's also dangerous to have a ring like that around. So Spike is back in Sunnydale and it's so funny that he's saying, like, he's standing there and he's like bragging. Right. He's like, I'm back here. I'm here to take you on. But like, it's such an empty threat because like you said, like, he's just so pathetic. (laughs) Well, and we're continuing to see his obsession with Buffy the Slayer. Right. Like it started in school hard where he couldn't kill her then. And then throughout season two, he was stymied. You know, there were he had opportunities to kill her and Angelus stopped him at some points. And then he had to align himself with Buffy, which probably left a bad taste in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And. And then, of course, um, in season three, he was back for, for the one episode where he just made a total fool of himself in front <laughs> yeah. of Buffy. And yeah. I think this, as, as we touched on in the harsh light of day, uh, because of Spike's attitude towards women, the fact that Buffy had to see him that way, I'm sure that really rubbed him the wrong way. So and then, of course, there was the whole harmony and the gem of Amara and Buffy kicking his ass despite having the gem of Amara on him. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, so Buffy has beat him in multiple ways, multiple times, and ways that really have, you know, hurt his ego, as not just as a vampire, but as a man. So we're starting to see that he wants to kill her, not just because she is the Slayer, and he's killed two before, and he's going to kill more again, but she's now, like, to him, this representation of a woman that he cannot dominate or uh, subjugate the way he has with Drusilla, with Harmony. Like, she's this woman that he probably is attracted to, yet at the same time, he can't have her. Yeah, and this representation that Buffy has of his failures, right? And how he Mm -hmm. has to, like, he's trying to overcome his failures. Uh, And I also want to point out here that, um, hey, I read all the comments that come through on our social media, and the word stalking is just thrown out there, and it's placed on characters like Angel really incorrectly. And um, this is it. Like, Spike is stalking Buffy at this point. He's come back to stalk her, and we don't know what his next plan is. I'm 100% sure he doesn't know what his next plan is, Um, but he's here to um, impose a threat on her life, right? So this is, I think this is the first time we're going to be seeing Spike truly taking on his stalking of Buffy. (laughs) But then not really, because he's being (laughs) He's he's just being apprehended by these... (laughs) Strange army people who keep wandering around campus. Yeah. Again, this is the most oblivious campus we have ever come across. <laughs> and I also want to add, though, I want to add, it's actually a joy to see Spike back. Like, you know, we're, we're, we critique his character. Yes. And we are, like, giving, like, you know, truth about what, what we see from what he's shown us. But the, the truth is, here, it's actually really fun. And I'm really oh, glad you, to see him. Yeah. I, I think I made this clear in the harsh light of day. But in case I need to say it again to our listeners... I love Spike as a character. I think he is a fantastic character in the show. Some of the best moments of this season and seasons to come will be Spike moments. So I don't have an issue with Spike as a character. Um, It's just I think that there are some very unhealthy actions that Spike takes that we have to critique as we watch the show. Right? Yes, That's yes, all. yes, yes. But his his comedic timing, like it's, it's chef's kiss. Like, and this was one of them. Oh, yeah. Where he's, yeah, this is a good scene. So anyway, we don't see him again for the rest of the episode. This is like a just a little preview into maybe what the rest of the season will show us. Um, okay, so after the credits, we are at the bronze. Oz, Willow, Buffy, and Xander are bragging about how fun the bronze is now that they are out of college. And it would be so true because they don't have curfews. They don't have to go home. Their moms and dads don't have to worry about them doing uh, hootenanny, says Oz. Then um, Willow is saying, like, the bronze is nice and familiar, like a big comfy blanket. And Oz is like, well, I thought I was your big comfy blanket. And she's like, you're my person, Blanky. This is my place, Blanky. Oh, so cute. And Willow says, with, you know, with all the shock of the new, of the new, it's nice to have one place to come back to where everything is predictable. (laughs) And then Giles <laughs> shows up and Buffy's automatically like, Giles, trouble? And he's like, no, 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 nothing like that. Uh, I just thought I would drop by. Latte anyone on me? <laughs> and he sits. He sits with them. And they're all weirded out by that. And Giles it is go- like... It goes kind of quiet for a moment, right? <laughs> like your faces. teacher just sat down with you at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and... um. 
he's saying, um, it's been ages since I've been to a gig. And like Oz grins. Everyone is like, oh my God. Um, he says, well, don't look at me like that. I'm down with the new music and I have the albums to prove it. And Oz concurs with him. Giles is not okay. Giles is having a midlife crisis. Remember the last time we saw Giles at the bronze i'm pretty yes. sure it was the pilot where he said i fucking hate it here <laughs> yeah was that the last time we saw besides like a birthday party or besides like like something going on that's pr- more private or like um fighting yes he was there for the birthday party where they caused significant damage to the bronze yes um, <laughs> but yeah no i'm with you like this is like this is giles crying for help I know. And they're not being very nice to him. Like Buffy says like, well, well, if if the stones can keep rolling, why can't Giles? (laughs) And Willow blatantly says, I think it's brave that you're here. And Giles is like, well, thank you. You all made me feel right at home. And Xander says blatantly, isn't home that empty place you're trying to escape? So Veruca, remember Veruca from the beer bad? Kind of, but could we get a little refresher? Yeah, so Veruca is this gyrating, slouchy singer <laughs> from the band She's Shy. got like a, I don't know if you, would you call that a pixie cut? She's got like a little sexy, like, yeah, not quite pixie cut. Not quite a pixie cut. Yeah, I don't know what, it, I don't know what I would call it. It's a very 90s haircut, yeah. she She's like, she's cool. She's a cool girl. Well, actually, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but she's she's a cool girl. And her and Oz have been making eyes at each other, and I don't like it. So Oz is immediately enraptured by her gyrating on stage, and he's like, oh, the band plays here every Wednesday. Didn't I tell you? Like, to Willow. And Willow and Buffy both notice his staring. Obviously, Willow's told Buffy about this. And Buffy is like, so Oz, like, what about the dingoes? Where, when are you guys here again? And Oz is like talking to her, but he's distracted. He's like, oh, we're up next Friday. Willow takes his hand and she's like, they're good, aren't they? And Oz says like, nothing special, but he's still like, you know, distracted. Yeah, it's the body language, the attitude. Yeah. And, and Buffy is being a real, Buffy's an excellent friend in this episode. And she's like, color me bored. And uh, like, the thing is like, like willow must feel humiliated by this the fact that her boyfriend isn't even like he's acknowledging her but it's so clear that he's like i fucking this girl in front of her it's terrible and giles is like really i think she's rather remarkable such presence for someone her age like old man giles read the room (laughs) like giles you're not supposed to be here you're making it worse so Willow looks really sad by this, but then we cut to the next morning in Oz's room, and uh, Kara, you know what happens when couples wake up happily in bed. Where am I getting flashbacks from? The prom, when Buffy and Angel woke up so happily in bed, and I just knew it couldn't last. Um, uh, Willow's sleeping, and she's like shouting in her, like moaning in her sleep, and she's like, it's in the sand blaster. And Oz wakes up from this, and he like grins, and he like holds her so close. He like cuddles up to her. He's like, it's a dream. Come back to me. Oh my god. <laughs> so sweet. And Willow smiles, and she's like, all Gemini's to the raspberry hats. And he's like, now you're faking it. And she rolls over, and like the two of them are just so intimate with each other, right? Like there's so much love here, comfort, you can tell they just really love each other and they're cuddling and 
you know, he's like caressing her face and he's like, it's always so busy in there, like in her brain, in her head. And she's like, not always. A few things shut my brain up completely. (laughs) Willow. And he's like, anything I can help you with. And she looks at the clock and she's like, no, I got to go to class, uh, but tonight for sure. And then he reminds her that it's the full moon that night. And she's like, oh, well, I have a Wicca group on campus that I want to check out. So it's silly, but like, you know, and he's like, no, no, you should go to that. Show him how it's done. And she's like, well, you can lock yourself up. And he like insists that he's fine. He's fine. The only thing I mind is being away from you for three nights. And then they kiss. And (laughs) it was so sweet. I just loved the scene. I drank it in. I was like, this is all I get. I like drank it in. (laughs) The thing is, is like, I really hope Willow blew off class just just for this morning. My headcanon is that they did it all morning and they had a wonderful, you know, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. morning. Good for them. All right. So cut to Buffy leaving her class and getting papers from Professor Walsh, who gives Buffy her paper and says she wants her to lead a discussion group next class on the paper topic she did. She's like, smart work. And Buffy's like, "Um, well, what do I have to do? And she's like, oh, ask one of the TAs. (laughs) And I was like, Professor Walsh, like your student that you just gave praise is asking you questions about the assignment you just gave her. <laughs> You're just like, ask one of the TAs. I don't have time for this. Weird. Buffy meets up with Willow and Willow is so psyched that she did so good on her paper. And she's like, this is excellent. You did better than me. This is so unfair. You made me jealous of you academically. And she's like, Buffy, you, and like she hugs her. And I was like, Buffy, that is a flex. The fact that you did better on an assignment than Willow is like, like good for you. Um, So Willow says, well, see, there you go. Professor Walsh isn't so ogre after all. And then Buffy says that she wants her to lead a discussion group next class. And that means extra work. (laughs) And, um, you know, couldn't she have a better reward system, like a cookie or a toy surprise, like at the dentist? And I think this is actually something that Buffy needs to learn is that when you get promoted at work or in school, it just means more work. (laughs) Yes. I like that we're back to, you know, we used to have like high school mixed in with you know, the Slayer talk and the relationship talk and stuff. So I like that we're we're getting back to that where it's like we got a little bit of school talk here and we're seeing, you know, Buffy and Willow's different attitudes towards college. And obviously Willow loves college. She loves class. She loves her magic stuff. And Buffy is still finding her way, finding her groove. And I think she's just a little bit taken aback by the fact that she's actually doing well in Professor Walsh's class because everything we've heard about Professor Walsh so far is that She is a very hard professor. You know, she thought Buffy should be dying in order to miss her class. And this is a first year class. Like you're having discussion groups and stuff. No, 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 no. That doesn't happen. Um, No, no, no. And it's so funny because I was also thinking, is this the only class Buffy's taking? Because we only ever see her in psych. This is true. And they're all in that class, right? Like they all managed to get into that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's her major, I guess. Um, Anyway, I love that Willow is jealous that Buffy is going to lead this discussion group. She's like, okay, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Okay, I'm back. She's like, I'm meeting Oz at the cafe. Like, will you come? I'll buy you a celebratory cookie. And Buffy says she's going to go see the TA, but then she'll catch up with them. So at the picnic table outside in the it's they said cafe or calf or whatever but whatever they're outside and veruca is sitting at a table alone with these extra chairs and oz spots her and she's like inviting she's like you know come sit down i've got i've got the room and even though oz says like my girlfriend's coming she's like yeah there's room so they sit and (laughs) this is wild 
Oz looks at what she's eating. She's eating a burger and fries. And he's like, big lunch. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's so not a big lunch. She's not like, come on. And Veruca is like, I like to eat. I hate chicks who are like, does this have dressing on it? And this is the thing. This is the thing. Veruca is a cool girl. She's got the cool girl mantra, right? Where the cool girl is always slender. The cool girl always knows what to say. She acts like a boy. She drinks beer. She's hashtag not like other girls. Right? She eats whatever she wants, but she always remains hot. And she looks down on girls that perhaps don't want to overeat or are watching their calories because they want to fit the cool girl persona. So that's what Veruca is. I I completely agree with that reading, and I'm glad that you brought that up because you know on the on the surface it's great that Veruca doesn't police her calories like many uh, girls and women grow up learning how to do right. But like you just said, it's that's has its own kind of internalized fat phobia and misogyny to it. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk for a moment about Oz sitting down with Veruca? Like, yeah, do we not think that he should have probably? Like, would it not have been wiser of him to steer clear of her? Absolutely. I I just, I kind of feel like, you know, when you know that you're attracted to somebody who is not your partner, it's okay to be attracted to that person because you can't control whom you're attracted to. But you do have a responsibility not to, quote unquote, tempt fate if you feel like spending more time in this person's company is going to lead to situations where you might make some choices that you regret. Um, it's probably wise to remove yourself from their company, right? I'm not saying that Willow should demand that Oz not spend time with Veruca. You know, if there were a way for Oz and Veruca to hang out and be friends, even though there is a mutual attraction, that's fine. But at the moment, it's like, Oz, dude, you could just keep going. You didn't have to sit down. And this is one of the reasons why this rewatch of this episode was a wake up call to me. It was like a slap in the face because I saw things like this that I never paid attention to before. And Oz absolutely could have chosen not to sit with her and he should have. I think Oz's headspace right now is that he's trying to deny that he's attracted to her. He's trying to be like, this is chill. We're friends or we're like, you know, we we understand each other because of music and I can talk with this girl and it's nothing. And then as soon as Willow joins them, it's clearly something. It's Oz who gets super awkward about it. So it is on Oz for making this choice and putting them both in this situation. As they start talking about amps and music stuff, Willow sees them from afar talking and then she approaches really awkwardly and they sit down and oh, it's so awkward. And Oz is, he like leaves Willow out of the conversation. He continues talking about amps yeah it's not cool with veruca it's not cool and willow is trying to interject and be like music talk huh i love listening to oz talk about the biz and veruca like ignores this and continues talking and there's another example where oz then could have engaged willow he he, and willow then of course like pretends which you should never do this 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 will always backfire on you but she like pretends they know what they're talking about and it's like Oh, like they mentioned like Hound Dog at one point. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big Elvis fan. And it's like, oh, and Oz says, oh, we're actually talking about amps, but I could see how you'd be confused. And like, th- like, you, like you're saying, like there is no backup here from the boyfriend. Like not only should he have changed the conversation to include her, but he, he's sitting there letting her make a fool of herself because she feels insecure 
And like, again, I don't think Willow should have done this, but it's totally understandable why she does. And it's like, dude, like, you're just letting her run her mouth in front of this other chick. And let alone the fact that Veruca says, you a big Elvis fan, and she's encouraging Willow to continue making an idiot of herself. And again, Oz isn't doing anything. He's like, you know what? I got to bail. Because clearly he was like, this is actually really, really weird. So he leaves. He's like, I'll call you later. He kisses Willow on the forehead and leaves. So Willow's left with Veruca, who watches Oz go. And then she's like, I should go too. That's like, dude, you don't leave your girlfriend with this girl that you're like i'm sorry i'm sorry like (sighs) we have been so nice to oz up until this point he has been our precious boy but this episode episode. is like such a hard (laughs) epic fail for oz and this episode i'm sorry i can't like there's no defending this like when I, this is why when I say Kara, like I, like at the beginning I got really tongue tied because it actually physically hurts that they did this to my favorite character, that like right. one of my favorite characters was sabotaged so <laughs> much that I don't even recognize who this person is, but at the same time, and we'll get there, we'll get there in this episode, but like good people make mistakes all the time. This show teaches us that. Yes. Uh, Oz is quite young. So let's just keep that in mind as we continue this scene. But it's when Veruca leaves and she's like, good shirt. And then she walks away. I was like, you fucking bitch. Like you, ooh, because she she knows exactly what she's doing. We all know what she's doing. In her mind, in that comment, in the way she's treating Willow while Oz is in front of them, Oz is hers already. Like Willow is not a threat to her at all. She's just something that she needs to sweep aside. Yeah. (sighs) So Buffy comes up and she's like, oh, did they rapid exit? Was it me? (laughs) And Willow says, no, it's me. I don't speak musicianese. How come you didn't tell me I look like a birthday cake in this shirt? And Buffy's like, I thought that was the point, which is so (laughs) funny. Buffy, Buffy. Buffy, but like, I was like, Willow, Willow, you like when it comes to fashion, like you've always just, you know, done your own thing. But, you know, if Buffy was going to say anything to you about fashion or your outfits she would have said it when you wore that pink outfit in double gangland <laughs> with well, the white tights uh, but she's certainly not going to say anything to you right now in the shirt the shirt's elaborate but it's it's fine it's fine shirt but, it's fine well and we're also seeing like willow is trying on a new style in this season and that's very college right as you go to college it's like a chance oh, yeah. to reinvent yourself so that's oh, what we're yeah. seeing with willow she's got the the sh- willow's hair is a pixie cut right and She's got like the short hair, um, it's very styled, and she's wearing like a, a larger variety of things. She's wearing pants and skirts and longer skirts without the tights. And like um, she's really just kind of like experimenting with who she is because she's embracing herself as a witch and she's embracing herself as a, a crime, a fighter of evil alongside Buffy. But, <laughs> you know, so for Veruca to come at her wardrobe, I think it cuts her deeply because she remembers the Willow from season one who was so uncool and who was bullied by Cordelia. And it's like that insecurity on top of her insecurity about Oz and Faruka is just coming back. Fuck this episode. 
Fuck this episode, honestly, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so, so Willow tells Buffy, like, he thinks she's sexy. He, he gets all this blushy thing going on behind his ears and that's for me only. And Buffy assures her, she's like, that doesn't mean anything. Oz checks out another girl. So what? He loves you. And Willow says, well, I know. And you know, I don't want to be the kind of girl who freaks out every time her boyfriend notices someone else. I have wrong feelings about other guys sometimes too, but I, I feel guilty and I flog and I punish. And Buffy's like, exactly. I'm sure Oz is flogging and punishing himself. And she's like, well, that sounds really wrong. But like, you know, I promise you in a couple days, it's going to be Veruca who Oz just isn't the type to stray. And Willow's like, not tonight. Anyways, he'll be locked in a cage. So a lot of like types of girl conversations being thrown around here, right? Like we already said Veruca's the cool girl, right? And Willow's saying she's like, she doesn't want to be the kind of girl who shows insecurity to her boyfriend. But Willow, like your boyfriend is checking out another woman in front of you. That would make you feel insecure. So it's okay. It's okay to feel this way and feel freaked out and talk to him about it, right? So um, at his crypt, we didn't, you know, this is so funny that they dropped this on us in this right? episode. It's was, so funny. This was in my notes. <laughs> because Where is this what? cage? <laughs> Like what? it's what? on the campus, clearly. So it's like, where did you? When did you find this, Oz? Like, did you locate this during your your time at campus, like last year? Like, <laughs> there, I have so many questions. I'm just like, okay, like I guess this is just like there. Because remember, we we said like a couple episodes ago. Oh yeah, Oz is a werewolf. Like we forget because they never write it in until it's and necessary. He's got, he, it's not just a cage. It's like a full like underground facility. Like. Where is this? It's a because lair. Because real estate on this campus is clearly dear. You would think that some frat people would have moved in. Like, I... I, I can't. I can't. I mean, it's in a cemetery. One of the 12 cemeteries. And there's no explanation. That's None. what gets me, right? Is they never at any point bothered to explain how Oz found this place, why it's his place, why nobody else questions, like, where he goes for three nights a week and, like, follows him and is like, yeah. why are you locking yourself in a cage? Like, Well, the, here's the crux for me, okay? Because, okay, fine. Uh, he he made himself a cage in a crypt. Fine. Uh, he's been changing there since the school blew up. But then the full moon comes out and Werewolf Oz is banging against the cage door. It breaks and he escapes. And I was like, have they learned nothing from well, the book cage in the library, which actually Im- held him in? <laughs> It's implied that Willow, up until this point, has been staying with him for three oh, nights a month, right? Like Which, again, is incredibly yeah. adorable that she would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they just didn't expect that he'd be rattled enough to break out. So yeah, he breaks out. Mm-hmm. And who does he come across on the Sunnydale campus but Professor Maggie Walsh? Uh, she's, you know, walking away, walking down from her classroom, and Oz jumps out at her, jump scare. Mm. And so she, like throws the suitcase at him with the world's like most ineffectual throw. It totally misses him. Um, So she chases after, sorry, he chases after her. She's like screaming. She's running around the corner. And there's another werewolf, (gasps) which is like a feminine looking werewolf, lighter hair, longer hair. Um, (laughs) And so Professor Walsh is just like, I am out of here. She dives into a bush and the two werewolves attack each other. And here's the thing that gets me. Professor Walsh doesn't run. She just watches. She's just like, uh, okay. Um, so the wolves are grappling, but of course it turns into something more. Uh, camera pans up. Camera pans back down again. It's daytime. And they're not. Are they on campus? Are they in a fort? It's very unclear Like I... if they moved. And did nobody else come across them? 
Here's um, my theory. They didn't run that far away. Here's my theory. UC Sunnydale is five miles from downtown Sunnydale. That five miles is made up of four miles of forest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would explain a lot. Am I you right? Know, we have like, Beauty of the Beasts. We, we know this forest area around Sunnydale. Yeah. There's the bluffs. Yeah, that explains a lot. I'm, that's exactly what, what this is. Um, yeah. Okay. Did they have werewolf sex? Oh, 150% <laughs> they had werewolf sex. There is zero doubt. So this is the thing, right? Is this episode is really tapping into... As much as the whole show is about the sexy vampire mythos, vampires are sexy because of the whole blood thing and the brooding, like, immortal, I am cursed thing, right? They also are hot. Like, they're human being looking I will take, I will take. I will take your word for that. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, a, an entire subgenre of paranormal romance devoted to werewolf fiction, right? And werewolf love. And a lot of it has to do with the whole idea of, like, packs and alphas and betas, which is not actually accurate for wolves, but maybe it's accurate for werewolves. You know, we don't know. We've never met one in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the whole idea behind sexy werewolves is that it's the primal animalistic passion, right? And that's what we're seeing here in this episode. And that's what Veruca is about to talk about in the next scene is, you know, they cannot help themselves. There is, the attraction is this latent animal attraction and there is no amount of rational thought behind what they're doing i am very relieved that they updated the werewolf costume to what it is here and not what it was in phases in season two because this would be a lot harder to swallow if it was that costume but yeah okay so fine so they they did it in the forest they broke up and oz is covered in cuts and he looks down and it's veruca who's also naked and she's like nuzzling his shoulder and she was like some night and Oz is like, so it appears. And he's like very surprised to be there. And she's like, oh, you don't remember. It's like that at first, little bits of bits and pieces will start coming back to you. Then she says, um, you know what I am. You've known since the first moment you saw me. Now you need to relax. And he's like, not a possibility. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? So cut to the dorm laundry room. So they must've been on campus. They, mu- they must've been close to the dorms. Yes. Because they somehow snuck back there completely (laughs) nude. Like Adam and Eve style with like leaves over their genitals. (laughs) So they're, yeah, they're they're stealing clothes. And uh, this is interesting to me because Veruca is in her underwear. Oz puts on like an old shirt and pants. Um, She found underwear, matching underwear very quickly. But here's the thing. Here's what's interesting to me is like, so we're looking at Veruca and she's in her underwear and we so rarely see the women on the show in underwear. That's true. She could have found clothes by now if the writers wanted her to. I just think yeah. it's very impressive that she found not just a matching set, but what like a nice. Um, well, and you know, she's fairly well endowed in the breast department, right? Like she yeah. found a bra that fits her perfectly. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then yeah, yeah, Oz is dressed in like some like cast off like uncool frat guy. Hey, we don't know where Ver- Veruca lives. That could literally be her dorm and that could be That's like fair. clothes that she left behind for point. herself, right? Um, but yeah, it's true. So so Oz is like, I have to get back to my place and figure out how we got out of our cages. And Veruca's like, you have a cage? And he's like, don't you? And she's like, yeah, it has a little wheel, a plastic ball and a, and a cute Here's little a, bell in uh, it. But I feel like Veruca's the kind of chick who would be into cages, if you know what I mean. And I, I don't, go on. <laughs> 
so um she's like god somebody's domesticated the hell out of you and oz is like it's my choice i don't want to hurt anybody and she's like uh maybe or maybe you don't want to admit what happened to you maybe you want to pretend like you're a regular guy and he's like i am i'm only a wolf three nights a month and veruca's like you're the wolf all the time and this human face is your disguise you ever think about that and he's like i'm going i gotta check the papers see if we did any damage last night and she's like we did wink but only to each other and i know some part of you remembers that it doesn't take a full moon we could do it right here and she's like you know seducing him and you can tell it's like affecting him like being near her like is affecting him in in sexual ways and he's like we aren't going to this ends right now so he like fights the temptation and she's like i can help you oz you're scared i was too then i accepted it the animal it's powerful inside me all the time soon you just start to feel sorry for everyone else because they don't know what it feels like to be as as alive as we are as free Oz is like, free to kill people? I won't do that, and you shouldn't. And Veruca's like, you don't understand, but you will. You'll see that we belong together. Oz is like, no, I know where I belong. And he goes, and Veruca's just like, see you tonight. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. So so I, I know that we're not supposed to like Veruca, right? Like, Yeah. You know, she's a homewrecker. <laughs> um, she's the other woman. But I, I respect her characterization. I really like that the show is showing us this different representation, this take charge, I'm embracing the werewolf kind of side of things. Yeah. Um so so while I I'm with you, I don't like Veruca. I think she's a terrible person. Yeah. Um I I think this is like a really good choice on the part of the writers. I know earlier you said, oh, they're sabotaging Oz's character and I see what you're saying there and I think there's a lot more we can say about that later. Yeah. But at the same time it's like they're doing a really, really good job of um, throwing Veruca at him. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing is like, yeah, I agree. She's a terrible person. Fucking bitch. I hate her. She should die. Maybe she will. But, no, 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 no. She should hook up with Parker. <laughs> yeah. Why? And then Wolf out. <laughs> Veruca, why are you hitting on Oz when Parker is right there? He's probably already hit on you. Um, but the thing is, is like, like I... Some some people are just like this. Like, the thing is, is, like, you know, she knows that Oz is with Willow and she just doesn't care, right? She just She's just going after what she wants and she doesn't... I know I just said she deserves to die because I'm upset with her, but she doesn't. Like, no one deserves to die for this, right? It's... You're well, a shit person, maybe, but... Like, people like this exist in the world, right? And yeah, that's they do. part of yeah. growing up is navigating these challenges of you're going to find people who are going to be in your face, who are going to not just tempt you, but literally like shame you for not being, you know, the person they think you should be. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, is like, it's so easy to villainize the other woman, but like, you know, I, I'm really going to try, like the, I want to focus on Oz and his choices in this episode. Right. So speaking of the other woman though, Professor Walsh, (laughs) 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 because that's who we're going to. Um, and he's, he's talking, she's talking to Riley, Riley, in the hallway and um she's like the two of them two of them it was unbelievable the fact that i survived it all is a miracle and we agree car and i agree with you professor walsh because you watched <laughs> step like at any moment they could have stopped fighting each other and turned and looked and be like oh we could share this meal <laughs> right anyway <laughs> um buffy runs up and she's like professor professor walsh hello and wait you know, wait sorry do we think she stayed around long enough to watch them have werewolf sex 
I think they, I think that's when she dipped. She was like, she's like, oh, 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 like you and me. Because that's probably what inspired the song, You and Me, Baby Ain't Nothing But Mammals. So let's do. You don't know this song? So Buffy runs up for Professor Walsh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So she's so, so immediately Professor Walsh is like, you, you better be careful when you walk around campus because, like, after dark, I was attacked by wild dogs last night. Can you imagine if your teacher told you that? <laughs> I'm like, wild maybe story. you should report this to campus security. <laughs> but I bet, I bet if a student missed class and then told her that they that she was attacked by wild dogs, <laughs> Professor Walsh would be like, well, are you dead? Like, come to class. <laughs> She's like, you miss one more class, you're out. <laughs> so um, Professor Walsh says that the biggest thing she's ever seen, for one moment, she thought it was a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, because the costume is, I, I get this. I will give this to Professor Walsh. That does kind of look like a bad gorilla costume. <laughs> so um, Buffy, uh, so Buffy just like, oh, just, you know, I don't have a question. I was just coming to say howdy because now she's completely distracted. And she, Wolf is like, fine, see you in class. And she goes. So Oz is looking, is in his room and he's looking at his paper uh, to find out if they did any damage, as he said. And Willow knocks and enters and she's wearing leather pants and a darker shirt. That, that's um, very faith, is it not? Speaking that's very last faith. episode. When she was criticizing Veruca for dressing like Faith, what yeah. is Willow dressing like? Do we think Willow's maybe kind of like subconsciously being like, I'm going to dress more like Veruca? Yeah, that's exactly what this is. And even Oz says like new look and she's like, um, oh, you too. And because she's pointing out <laughs> to the clothes you stole. But I, I think it's really at the end of the scene, I think it's going it, to like it, it was a pang in my heart that she's wearing this new outfit. And I'll explain mm. in a second. Um, so... She gives him a hug and she's like, I'm sorry if I've been, I was weird yesterday with you and Veruca. And he's like, I didn't notice anything. And she's like, really? I felt all spazzy. And Oz just says like, no. And she's like, okay, well, good. Um, I guess it was just me worrying for nothing again. Me and my busy head always thinking, thinking, thinking. And she like lifts his arm to like have him caress her face again. Like she's like, uh, like he's, he's very standoffish. Right. And she's like, you know, making all the physical moves and he's like, well, now you can stop. Everything's fine. And she's like, maybe you could help me stop. And she starts tugging at his shirt. And as she lifts it, you can see that there's scratches on it and she doesn't see them yet. And she's like, uh, I, I really appreciate anything you could do. So she's like, you know, seducing him and they start to kiss, but Oz pulls away and she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, sorry. And she's like, you don't want to. And he's like, I do. I just didn't get any sleep, I guess. I'm really beat. And she's like, right, right, right. Like busy wolf night. I get it. Like, it's totally okay. But you can tell she's obviously upset by that. So she goes to leave and he's like, you don't have to. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. I don't have much time. I'll see you later. And she leaves. And like, this really hurt me because like, like I said earlier, it must be humiliating to be Willow because her boyfriend is clearly interested in somebody else. So even when she tries to dress up as that person and be more like that person because she wants him to want her sexually and he rejects her. Mm -hmm. Like that just, it's like another layer of pain for Willow. Well, and, and he's doing it so, he's not thinking about her, right? He's very mm -hmm. much thinking of himself and mm -hmm. what he did with Faruka last night. He's not thinking about Willow at all because last time he rejected Willow, right? It was like, you know, we'll have sex when you're ready. And that was fine and nice because he was thinking all about her in that moment. 
But now he is really just preoccupied with, I did a bad thing. I did a bad thing. I don't want to get caught. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, it, it's really the wrong signal to send to Willow. But of course, I understand why. Because he, he is he... he must be so like upset right now. And of course, he's yeah. not showing it because that's Oz. But he must be like his brain must be like in turmoil. It is. It is. And I think it's very normal for Oz to internalize his pain and internalize his, his confliction. Because remember in Beauty and the Beast, when he thought he killed somebody and Willow was trying to get close to him, he was like, get away from me. Right. right. So I, I think that this is very normal for him. And I and I would almost say that it's not that he's not thinking about her. I think he actually really doesn't want to hurt her. I think he really is trying to figure out the best approach to take that allows him to figure out how this all happened, what it means that Veruca said to him, what it means that he's attracted to Veruca, but also how can he do it so that it spares Willow in a lot of ways. You can't. Like, you, you this can't know he has to realize, right? Is yes, this is going to end badly. And it just but he's spinning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's spinning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Okay, okay. So Giles is watching TV game shows. <laughs> and he's given hilarious commentary. It's like, like a Jeopardy almost kind of show. And this is exactly what I look like when I work from home. <laughs> and Buffy knocks on the door. She comes in. And Giles is like, oh, excellent. Come in. Like, Can I get you tea? I made an interesting moussaka last night <laughs> if you're hungry. And she's like, no, like... Um, no tea, no moose. And um, he's like, you came on business, I hope. And she's like, yes, lucky for you, people may be in danger. <laughs> oh, Giles. It's so funny because, again, we're saying Giles is like, he showed up at the bronze. He's like doing interesting cooking like things. And he's watching game shows. Like he is floundering. So Buffy tells him what happened with the professor, the two dogs, and um, the full moon. And he's like, werewolves. Okay, so have you talked to Oz? And she's like, that's my next stop. I, and I'm going to head out, and, and then I'm going to leave. Oh, no, sorry, that's my next stop. And then she goes to leave. And Giles is like, okay, well, I'll see what I can find out here. And you'll report back to me, like, right? And she's like, yep, I will. And she leaves. And I think this is so funny, because I was like, Buffy... <laughs> Buffy Summers, did you walk the 8K through a forest <laughs> to tell Giles something you could have called him with? On and the then phone? go back to talk to Oz. Like, why not stop and talk to Oz first? Because then you might have more information for Giles. You're right. I didn't think about this, but you're absolutely right. Buffy, what terrible, terrible planning for your day. Like, you just cut out but, three hours of your time. <laughs> but it's because. Buffy's not a part of this episode, right? Like, this is a Willow and Oz episode. Yes. All yes. the other characters, like, Giles doesn't do much in this episode. We're about to have our last Xander scene in this episode. And it's a good scene, but, like, Willow and Oz are this episode. And Buffy is just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, and I also think maybe she's like, I should go face-to-face because -face he's sad. <laughs> he's, like, kind of pathetic right now. So... Like you said, we cut to Xander reading the paper in his basement and Willow comes in and she's like, your mom's cranky. And Xander says that we're that they're having a landlord tenant dispute. Like Xander is withholding rent because she doesn't want him to put a lock on his door. And she's afraid that he might have the sex. <laughs> too late. Oh, no. Yeah, too late, too late. Uh, and Willow like agrees with this, but she's also like, you know, she's not her headspace is obviously very sad. And Xander asks her what's up. Um, and I, I'll stop right there and just say, like, I agree, Xander, if you're paying rent, you should absolutely get to put a lock on your door. 
For sure. Yes, because Willow just walks in. Xander could have been reading porn. Like, <laughs> I'm very surprised he was reading the paper. I also want to be like, Xander, I don't think it's because you could be having the sex down there. It's probably because your laundry machines are down there. So True. <laughs> no, that's what my We already is. know that he can't be trusted to have fabric softener. No, he gets distracted by the sex. Um, also, is this... this I, I, I didn't even go back to look, but I suspected that this could be the first scene that we see of Xander and Willow by themselves in this like intimate situation since mid season three. Like they've been in groups, they've hung out with Buffy, they've obviously been around right. each other, but you know, it's the fact that like it's brought up later in this episode that they had that affair in the third season. And we, we haven't seen that much intimate discussion between the yeah, two of they've, them. they've clearly repaired their relationship i mean i think it helps that both of them have moved on and had the sex with other people right like yes um not that they had sex with each other but like willow had up until now quite a stable relationship with oz xander maybe didn't have a stable relationship but you know he had sex with faith he's had sex with anya now there's something going on between him and anya not quite clear but I, I think it's allowed both of them to have some space from their attraction to one another. And they've really kind of, I think, reached a point where it's like, okay, we can be alone in the same room and we've dealt with that attraction and it's not an issue anymore. And mm -hmm. I, I like that because that's a very, yeah. you know, realistic portrayal of how people, especially friends, often deal with other types of attraction that come up. Sometimes you act on it and it turns into something and that's great. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's complications. But like, this is a positive outcome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I like it. Like, and I only I like it because Xander gives her good advice here. I was and... going to bring this up. I'm glad you did too. So yeah. Once again, Xander's on a roll in season four. We have not had many opportunities to slander him. He was arguably the hero of last week's episode, even though we didn't give it to him. Um, <laughs> he did good yeah, in last week's episode. Okay, yeah. so Willow asks Xander, she's like, I could ask Buffy about this, but I need guys, to, I, like, I need a guy to translate what's going on here, which interesting. Um, also, also, uh, this, like, it's like you said early, they're looking for reasons to have Xander, Buffy, and Giles in the episode. So the reason Willow doesn't go to Buffy with this, it's simply because they need to have another scene with Xander because Buffy gives her very similar advice in season right. two, right? And season three. But it's interesting that Xander's the one who's giving this advice. And it's good advice, like you said. So this yeah, yeah. is the advice. Yeah. Willow is like, she, she couches it in very, like, general terms at first. And Xander's like, okay, Willow, like, I've cracked the code. I know you're talking about you and us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, Willow is basically like, what if the girl wants to have sex and the guy doesn't? That's a bad sign, right? And Xander says, could be. Or the girl caught the guy in the seven annual minutes. He legitimately is too preoccupied to do it. Which, okay. You know, there's a lot of stereotyping of, of men and sex drives and stuff there. Moving on. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Because Willow's like, Oz is, I've noticed that Oz is noticing somebody else. <laughs> and Xander's like, is she noticing back? And Willow's like, most definitely. So then Xander says, he's like, have you asked Oz about it? And Willow's like, no. <laughs> and Xander's like, well, you should. He's like, you need to talk to Oz, Willow. Um, you know, he probably feels the awkwardness here and the jealousy. And that's why you're feeling weird. You should work things out and you'll feel better. What is happening here, Steph? What is out happening? Out of the mouth of Xander's Harris. Like, this is legit. 
good advice. You and I are always going on about communication being the key to a healthy relationship in this in this show and in life. And, and Xander Harris is the one giving this advice to Willow Rosenberg? Like, uh, And it's so funny to me, too, because Buffy and Willow have been ping-ponging this advice back and forth to each other for three years. Yes, because it, this is the truism of relationships, right? It's yeah. always easier to give advice than follow your own advice. But yes, like, yes. Sorry, I just, I just really want to emphasize, like, we are appreciating and applauding Xander in this scene. It's good advice. I have no notes, like other than the little stereotypical <laughs> sex drive thing. But, you know, that's that's Xander. Yeah. And, I, you know, for me, um, like, I, I'm proud of him for giving the right advice here. Right. He could have just been like, boys will be boys. Uh, but I, I think what is giving Xander this little edge of wisdom that he's been doling out since like the freshman he helped Buffy out? Right. Mm -hmm. And then here he is helping Willow. Um, perhaps it's because he is getting this other experience after high school. He's not as privileged as True. his two friends are. He got he's getting a lot of alone time, which is allowing him to get I perspective. Just, I can't believe we're saying this, but I think Xander's maturing. He's maturing. I, I'm, I'm like, see, it? it came out of my mouth. It's maturing because it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid like, to say it out we, loud. But we got to give credit where credit is due. Yes. Xander Harris. He is not toxic in this episode. <laughs> it's not going to last. So I'm sure we'll get back to the Xander slander. Don't worry, listeners. But for now, enjoy the lull. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're noticing the change in him. I think it's because he's just getting this more real world experience. So he's able to observe mm -hmm. a little bit from the outside more. That's what I think. So goodbye, Xander. We're not going to see you for the rest of the episode. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> so Oz is re-welding his cage door on. And Buffy comes in and she's like, got out, huh? And he's like, yeah. And he knew about it, the attacks. And she's like, there's word of two wild dogs. And he's like, two? Really? Really? And she's like, you don't remember anything like that, do you? Another wolf? And he's like, no, when the change comes, it's like I'm gone. Total blackout. Do we believe that anymore? No. Ah, you lies. <laughs> so Buffy says, well, if I find werewolf number two out on patrol tonight, you might have a roomie in there. And she goes to leave and then she stops and she does say like, Oz, are you okay? If it's possible, you see more monosyllabic than usual. And he's like, I'm okay, thanks. And Buffy's senses are tingling here. She's like, I think I think he has more to say than he's saying. And I wish he had said more here, Kara. I'm going to get to this later. Let's come back to the scene because this is okay. the crux again. This is another area where I'm like, oh! First, we have a montage. Everyone loves a montage. So Veruca's singing with her band. Oz is sitting in his bed, lost in his thoughts. Willow's in her wicker group, not paying attention. Oz picks up the phone and dials who? Oh, it's, it's almost sunset. Oz is waiting in his cage. Veruca shows up. She takes off her jacket so her arms are bare. And she's like, <gasps> bare arms. Oof, you know what that means she's like you, she's like this is why you called me here and he, to see your habit trail right before sunset i get a little buzzed don't you and it's like this scene is so like over sexual very faith oz is like come here <laughs> and like a husky voice oh no um she says i'm not getting in that stupid cage with you if that's what if that if that's what this is all about we belong outside oz looks delirious almost like it's like he's fighting all this urge inside him, right? And he's like, you can't run loose tonight, not just because you might hurt somebody. I know people that'll be out there hunting for us. And she's like, I should spend the whole night with you, alone, locked in a cage. Like, 
she she said it right she's like this is your plan and he's like you'll be safe and she's like not from you isn't that the point of this cozy little arrangement so she leans in and they're both hypersexual right now and she's like it's coming do you feel it it's like blood boiling and he's like i feel it that sounds painful yeah, it sounds like awful. And she's like, I've wanted you even before I e- ever saw you. I sensed you. Do you sense me? And her, like the way she's like leaning into the cage and she's like moving her neck and her head. It's like, this is very disturbing to me. It, you know what it is to me? I think at this point, it's like she's calling to his wolf. Right. And it's like, Phew. so she says, did you? Did you? Right. And Oz grabs her head. And they start to make out as they transform. Their wolfy hands do like a Titanic like <laughs> transformation <My laughs> as they hold each other. <laughs> no. So, oh dear, oh dear. Willow enters the crypt. It's morning. She's got breakfast and a thermos of coffee for him. He has breakfast in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she really is Buffy's roommate. Um she finds Oz and Veruca curled up naked together in uh, in the cage. And she drops the thermos and bag and Oz stirs. He looks up, he sees her and Willow says, oh my God. And he quickly starts to get changed. And Willow notices that it's Veruca who's in there. And she says, oh my God. And Oz says, I know what you saw, but it wasn't. And he like uses the little combination to open the cage. And he's like, I had to, I had to lock her in there with me. And Willow's like, I bet. And he's like, she's like me, he's a wolf. And Willow says, well, I knew you two had a lot in common, but and she's starting to get like really upset. And I'm stopping here. This is, I mean, this is a really amazing scene in terms of like what Seth Green and Alison Hannigan are doing. But like right. Oz, Oz, not you gaslighting the situation to say that yeah. like I had to. Willow, Willow, you, you don't understand. I had to. And Willow is like, I bet because she sees through that shit right away and oz reaches for her and she's like don't touch me and she pulls away and oz is like she was going to hurt somebody i didn't have a choice i didn't have a choice oz so willow says but you did you could have told somebody your you could have told somebody your solution just put the two of you together in a room all night and veruca is changing and she's like girls got a point and oz says leave and she's like well i'm just saying and oz screams he says now and it's so powerful it's an it's it's a outburst that we have never seen from oz before and we have to go back we have to think about all the times that we've seen oz in an emotional state do you remember when willow was kidnapped in choices and he sat quietly 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 and the only thing he did was action and he pushed the Mm -hmm. the outburst yeah 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 so for him to just lose his cool and scream like this, like he doesn't panic this guy, but he screams at her. And I just, that like stuck out to me so much. And Vruka and Willow are right. He made a choice. He made the wrong choice. He could have told Buffy when she came earlier. And that was my point. I was like, Oz, just tell her, just tell her, I know who it is. You guys could have trapped her there together. Buffy could have tranked her or something and dragged her in there. But like you didn't and you could have told yep. Willow when she came and saw you earlier today. And she's like, I was being weird. He's like, you had a reason to. She's a werewolf. Yeah. But you didn't. I agree with you 100%. It hurts, Carla. It hurts. I know. I'm sorry, Steph. I oh. wish I could take the hurt away for you. I know. Take away my pain. So 
Willow is crying. Oz is saying, I'm sorry. And she's like, I knew, I knew you jerk. And you sat there and you told me everything was fine. And that's as bad as it was. And he says, I know how it feels. I remember. And Willow's like, oh, so what? This is payback. I had this coming. And he's like, no. And she's like, I thought that was behind us. And what happened with Xander? It doesn't compare. Not with what you and I had. Not with whatever you've been doing with her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like I see the the parallels here, right? Because the way she discovers them is similar to the way that he discovered her and Xander. And I think they both felt that hurt. Like you could see it in her face. You could see it in his back in season three. But it's just, I don't think we can compare it. Like they both made mistakes, right? Like Willow made a mistake. Oz chose to forgive her. It took him time, but he said, we are going to try to move past this. And he did. So yeah, like there, there, there's no justification, right? There's no like two wrongs are making a right here. Like you have screwed up Oz and you need to own your shit. Like Willow owned her shit back in season three. Xander didn't, which is why we were so harsh on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not near Xander anymore. Like, I want to get back together with Oz, but he needs space. He told me he needed space. Like, Willow really made amends. And in this moment, Oz is refusing to accept responsibility for what he's done and the fact that it has hurt Willow. He He's very emotional, like you were just saying. Like, we've never really seen Oz this emotionally riled up before. Good for Willow. Good for Willow for sticking up for herself and saying, I knew and calling him out for his lies and the fact that he manipulated her. And then for making... <laughs> and then for making... That's okay. For making her feel like her... Like, like, yeah. like, like her feelings weren't valid in that. And that's awful. And I agree with you that you cannot compare apples to apples. But more importantly, if you're choosing to forgive, then you need to own that too. And you need to agree that if you're forgiving them, you don't forget, but you're moving forward and you can't just bring it back and throw it in their face when you've screwed up for something. I think Willow is completely right in saying that it doesn't compare to what we have now because we built back and their relationship has been stronger than ever since season three. So it's just not the same. And it's not a get out of jail free card that you can use whenever you want. So Oz says, I don't know what Veruca and I have done. When I change, it's like I'm gone and the wolf takes over. That's not an excuse. Yeah. It's, it's about what you did before, Oz. And that's what Willow says, right? She's like, but when you were regular, Oz, you had feelings for her, didn't you? And Oz is like, I could sense something. And Willow's like, you wanted her, like an, in an animal way, like more than you wanted me. And Oz doesn't say anything. Willow runs out. And because it's, she knew, like she knew even when like dressing up as Veruca earlier that the day before was enough for us to know that like she was, I want you to want me like you want Veruca. so willow is wandering the streets of sunnydale in a daze she's crying she's bumping into people she tries to cross the street and buffy is on the other side of the street i don't know if buffy's getting um (laughs) like waffles for joyce or something um and a car is racing toward willow so buffy screams like willow and she runs to help her but it's riley it's mcweedy's riley who gets there first and grabs her and pulls her out of the way and he's he's like he's so tall he's so tall and he's like looming over her and he's like are you okay right and willow and buffy catches up and she's like willow what's the matter 
Buffy can see from her face that she's obviously upset. So Riley's like, maybe you should take her home. And then he says to Willow, whatever it is, it isn't worth hurting yourself over. So Buffy says, thank thanks you. Thanks for the wisdom, Riley. Uh, yeah, thanks for the wisdom. Um, okay, 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 okay. I am attracted to Riley. <laughs> <gasps> what? That was, a, that was a brave thing he did. And as much as like, yeah, like he's doing the whole, you know, good boy scout kind of thing to say, like, you know, don't hurt yourself. And like, oh, that was close. Is she okay? Um, he, he read the situation very correctly in that I think he, I think it's very clear that it's like none of my business. And he says that to Buffy a lot. This is none, none of my business, but here's my advice. Right. None of my business. Here's my advice. That's fair. Take it or leave it. And I think he clearly cares and he doesn't want her to get hurt. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> slim pickings at this point in the show because Angel left. But um, I just want to say for the record that Riley's growing on me in the last six episodes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like I'm into okay. his bravery here. Um, also, could we acknowledge how difficult it is for Willow to deal with grief and sadness? And we've seen this in her before when she's sad. Well, she she hasn't told Buffy yet, right? Like, yeah, yeah. She hasn't we need some it girl out. talk stats. Maybe she was supposed to meet Buffy, huh? Like maybe she was her and Oz were going to meet Buffy to get some brekkie. I don't mm. know. So after we after she gives Buffy the update, they're in their dorm room. She's on her bed, and Buffy is a saint. Buffy again, and she's like, "I have to go find Veruca before the sun sets. I will though, and when I do, this thing stops. She's bad news." And I was like, "What does that mean, Buffy? Are you going to kill her?" <laughs> Are you going to kill this, like, uh, you know, you you went to go kill Faith when she was messing with your boyfriend, and now you're going to kill <laughs> Oz's, you know, other woman because she's messing with your best friend? Like, what does that mean? And um, before she leaves, Buffy's like, can I get you anything, like, before I take off Kleenex, chocolate, anything? Like, I'll be back as soon as I finish. I just want it, I just want you to take it easy. Riley was right. The main thing is to put the blame where it belongs. Don't hurt yourself. And Will's like, I'm fine. I promise. And Buffy says, I love you and goes. And I just love when friends say that to each other. It's so nice. So as she leaves, Willow's, w- Willow says to herself, put the blame where it belongs. And then she opens her witchcraft trunk. <gasps> Oz is on the phone with someone when Buffy arrives and he's just saying he's trying to find out where Veruca could be and he's checking out all her haunts. Um, but he knows the areas they're drawn to and he's pretty sure that he can follow her scent. And Buffy is like, well, then let's try that. And they leave. Um, but before they leave, Oz is trying to talk to Buffy about it. And Buffy says, Oz, now might be a good time for your trademark stoicism. Cold, cold, cold. So Willow is in a chem lab. Um, on campus, I guess. And she's making an intense spell. It involves fire and a motor and pestle. And she's saying... This is calling back to like, like Willow has always tried to deal with this stuff using magic, right? Like she she was the one who wanted to make uh, a love spell previously to stop Xander from loving her. So, you know, once again, we see when Willow... like, Like, this is what I like about this episode is it shows us these two characters in extremis, you know? We see how Oz behaves when he is pushed up against a wall. We see how Willow behaves when she's pushed up against a wall. She turns to magic. That is what she's relying on now. So that's very interesting to me. And I think it's also interesting how she's channeling her ang- her pain into anger. And I think that's the easiest thing you can do when you're feeling this kind of heartbreak is to feel angry. But really, she doesn't well, need to feel angry. That was Anya's bread and butter, right? Like if Anya yeah. were still a vengeance demon, she would have showed up at this point and been like, so... Heard Oz finally fucked up. 
I knew it was only a matter of time. Man, am I right? Am, am I right? Should we kill them? Or sorry, what, uh, sorry. How would Anyanka say that? <laughs> am, am I right, men? <laughs> <laughs> cool spell. <laughs> I had to get a little Anyanka in there. So like, <laughs> unfortunately, Anya didn't get her power center back. I bet you're really regretting that now, Willow. Seriously, <laughs> and, uh, but also, like, you'd think that she could, instead of doing this, like, big powerful spell, why doesn't she just summon a vengeance demon? <laughs> that's a good point. That's right? going to be a very different episode. Really? So, uh, what, what she's trying to do is, like, I think this, um, the spell is, like, to, uh, apparently it's going to make Oz and Faruka, it's going to make their hearts break. So, right. uh, woohoo! So Oz and Buffy are sniffing around the forest <laughs> looking for Veruca. Um, Willow's spell gets more intense to the point where she's like overcome a little bit, like kind of like how she was when she was um, resoling Angel. And um, the stuff around her starts to float, like all the chemistry stuff. And Oz and Buffy find a dirty pile of clothes on the ground, and they figure out pretty quickly that Veruca's throwing them off her, her scent. And they're like, why? And they realize it's because she's going after Willow. I don't really see the connect the dots there, but like, okay. Um, so as they run, like Oz takes off and Buffy's ch- like running behind him, but then she knocks into an army person. And um, that they like scramble around a bit, getting their guns. They fight a little bit, but then she runs off with the gun after Oz and he um, takes off in his own way. So Willow is about to finish the spell and she's holding up a picture of Oz. And then she stares at it and then she changes her mind and she drops the picture, which causes all the stuff around her to shatter and the fire to go out. And Veruca was actually at the door watching this and she says, wow, for a minute there, I thought you might actually play rough. And then she locks the door behind her and she says, sometimes you have to, you know, to keep what's yours. Sometimes you have to kill. And then she looks out the window and she's like, how about that? The sun's almost down. So she's advancing on Willow. And she says, can't say unsurprised you didn't go through with your little hex. You don't have the teeth. And Willow says, you don't know what I have. You don't know anything about me. And Veronica says, I know what you love. I have his scent on me right now. And then she punches Willow to the ground just as Oz smashes through the door. And he says, don't touch her again. Veruca says, come stop me. I like it rough, remember? And Oz says, you want to hurt me? Hurt me. Leave her out of this. Um, Ruka says, how can I? She's the reason you're living in cages. She's blinding you. When she's gone, you'll be able to admit what you are. And then they both start to transform. Like they're both in their like half werewolf face. And Oz says, you don't want to find out what I am. And she says, you're an animal. Animals kill. And he says, (laughs) you're right. We kill. And then he attacks her when he's still kind of human. And then they fully transform into two wolves and they wrestle. <laughs> and then Oz bites her throat and then she dies. Like he rips her throat out essentially. Oh, this is heavy. This is a lot. This is a lot. So Willow is crying and she on the floor still and she says, Oz. And then he runs to attack her too. But Buffy gets there, pulls him back. They fight a bit and then she shoots him with the train gun. And then what happens next is... She looks at Willow, who starts to sob, and she holds Willow on her lap as she cries. And this gave me such another flashback to Buffy's big breakup episode of The Prom, where Willow held Buffy in her lap while she cried. That's part of what the show is about, right? Like Buffy and Willow supporting each other through pain and loss Mm -hmm. and grief. And regardless of what happens in the next couple of scenes, um, which we will get to in a moment, Willow has lost Oz at this point. Because he has now killed somebody. I mean, I know that technically Rook is a monster or whatever. And we can, blah, blah, you know, blue, blah, blah, we, blue. we can debate that, right? But like Oz surrendered to his wolfiness, whether or not he thought he was protecting Willow. 
And even if their relationship were to survive this, even if they stayed together, things are going to change. So I, I think Willow really understands that nothing can be the same now. This is this is heavy. This is serious. This is adult life. Oz in the one episode here where we're just where we're finally exploring what being a wolf means, right? Like we're exploring the curse yeah. and how it affects your personality. Because up until now, it's very much three nights a week. That's it. And then Oz is Oz. But Oz chose to cheat. Mm-hmm. Oz chose to cheat in this episode. Oz chose to murder in this episode. It, and he did both of those things when he was in his human form. And that's something that's really interesting to me um, because it's, it just shows like, obviously right before they transform, those passions are a lot higher. They're amplified, but that doesn't mean that he didn't have the choice. And I also want to point out that Oz murdered his sexual partner and they chose for Oz to kill the woman that he has had, he had sex with and he murdered her. And they, you know, Buffy got there in time to save Oz from murdering Willow, but not Veruca. Like they, they blatantly chose for the other woman to die. Yeah. And that's why I like, I made the joke earlier, like, Ooh, I hate her. I hope she dies. But at the same time, I don't, because that's not what she deserves. She's a bad person, but she didn't deserve that. What else were they going to do with her, though? She didn't seem amenable to being locked up. I'm not, and I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think they should have killed her. But it, it's it's quandary, right? Because she's human for most of the, the month, the year. But when she's a wolf, she wants to be a threatening wolf. Yeah. Were they going to take responsibility for keeping her in their custody three nights a, a month? Like, I, mm-hmm. I think... There is a larger issue here, and the show conveniently sidestepped it by having Oz kill her. Yeah. Because that is, you know, it's that gray of like, well, she's a monster, but she's not a monster. right? And and that's what the show has grappled with in terms of like, you know, yes, vampire, evil, killed vampire. You know, but now it's like, well, what do we do about the creatures that cause harm in some ways, but also are close enough to being human that Buffy can't kill them? Like... Yeah, and I, I mean, again, it comes down to the fact that Oz chose to murder her when he was still Oz. And hmm. his wolf self continued on with what his human self decided to do. I'm just, I'm very curious to see, you know, what our listeners say about all Yeah, this. I bet they'll have a lot to say about it. Um, I also really want to talk right now about the cheating, because this is okay. what hurt, this is why this episode hurt <laughs> for me, because up until literally this week when I watched this episode, I would have given Oz a pass. I would have been like, he he was a wolf. He didn't cheat. Like he couldn't help himself. But now that I've rewatched this very closely, it's not even the fact that he did it with Veruca when he was wolf. It's not even the fact that he started making out with her when he was still human, because you Mm -hmm. could make the case that he was overcome. He was about to change like those, those hormones or whatever are tied in with the wolf. Fine. It's his dishonesty. His dishonesty is that of a cheater. And he made choices as a human that, like, I I can't dance around the fact that, like, he acted like it was cheating. Therefore, it was cheating, right? He might have been coerced with those werewolf pheromones, fine. But choosing to lie, choosing to keep it a secret, trying to figure out how to get himself out of it, keep his girlfriend out of the loop, and more importantly, inviting Veruca to come and join him in his cage that night. 
Like it, it seemed like he danced with that idea all day. And then finally he made the choice and he's like, come meet me. He could have made a different plan, but he wanted Veruca in the cage with him. And I also think that like Veruca obviously awoke something more primal in him in terms of his werewolf side, because this is the first other werewolf he came across. So maybe this was always going to happen. Maybe, I mean, who knows if he had met a male werewolf, what would have happened? But the fact that um, she awoke this in him, I just, I, I just, I think like it was, it, it was cheating to me. It, it sucks that it was, a, it was her. <laughs> it sucks that yeah, it was no, a female I, werewolf. I agree with you. It, we yeah. cannot excuse Oz's behavior. We can't defend it. Were there complications? Were there complicating circumstances? Absolutely. But that's like, if we take the supernatural aspect out of it, that happens in real life. There's yes. always complications and, 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 you know quote-unquote extenuating circumstances but at the end of the day you are you're not responsible for your attractions but you are responsible for your behaviors and you have made the case eloquently i don't need to restate it but like all i'm going to sum up is oz had so many other choices and it wasn't even that he did the wrong thing once he repeatedly made bad choices here and now There are consequences. Consequences. So let's cut to the next morning. Buffy is sitting with Giles on his couch and she's giving him, you know, what he's telling him what happened. And Giles is asking about the fellow in the woods with the military garb. And she says, uh, yeah, he was toting like really serious weaponry and she'd seen them before on Halloween. And Giles says, says maybe they were working. And Buffy says, I want to know what's up. The guy got in my way. I almost didn't catch up to Oz in time. As it was, I was too late to obviously save Veruca. And Giles says, you saved Willow. And I know that Giles is making her feel better about this. But again, they're justifying that Veruca like died. They're like, yeah, that's fine. Right? <laughs> um, Buffy says, right now, she wishes I hadn't. She says, Giles, I've never seen her like this. It's like it hurts too much to form words. And Giles says, well, you felt that way yourself and you got through it. And Buffy says, yeah, I ran away and went to hell and then I got through it. I'm kind of hoping she doesn't use me as a model. And I was like, Buffy, Buffy, please stop comparing you sending the love of your life to hell to your breakup because you did have a perfectly normal breakup in the prom. (laughs) But, you know, killing Angel and sending him to hell was not it. (laughs) So I I mean, it's just it's an interesting scene. It's an interesting conversation. Once again, I just I'm struck by the thought that our characters have come so far. You know, Buffy and Giles are talking to each other like two adults now, not like teacher and student. And Buffy has enough distance between her and killing Angel and sending him to hell that she can look back at it and almost joke about it. You know, and I think there is something healthy about joking about it like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But so much has happened and and so much is going to continue to happen. Um, I have a few more thoughts, but I want to wait until we get through the the last scene here. (sighs) This scene is heartbreaking. It it's it's painful to watch in that it's so beautiful to watch. Like, I feel like I feel like this entire episode is a mess in what it does to Oz's character and how they force this breakup on these, these two that had actually really beautiful and one of the most compelling relationships up until now. Mm-hmm. But this scene is beautiful. Like this scene is really well done for the two characters. Like I just, Oh, I have nothing okay. but okay. things to say. Oh, Oz is in his room packing and Willow enters and she's like, what are you doing? He says, I'm going. And she says now, and he nods and she says, that's your solution. 
He says, that's my decision. And Willow says, don't I get any say in this? And he says, no, Veruca was right about something. The wolf is inside me all the time. And I don't know where that line is anymore between me and it. And until I figure out what that means, I shouldn't be around you or anybody. And Willow, who's on the verge of tears here, she says, well, that could be a problem because people kind of a planetary epidemic. And Oz says, I'll find someplace. And Willow asks for how long? And he says, I don't know. And then she says, Oz, don't you love me? And then tears start to fall down her face. And Oz says, all my life, I've never loved anything else. (laughs) I'm literally going to cry. And Oz comes up and like, she's full on crying now. And Oz comes up and he just, he puts their foreheads together. And they just have this moment where he, she's crying and he's like really upset and she's just like, oh God, oh God, like Oz. And then he kisses her forehead and then he turns, he grabs his bag and he leaves. And then as he gets into his van, he goes to start the engine and he turns it on at first, but then he gets really upset. It looks like he's really about to cry. And then he turns it off and then he looks back at the house and he wants to go back inside. We know that. Um, and Willow's up there crying all alone in his room and Oz turns the engine back on and he drives away and uh that then we we i'm literally so upset then we we cut to black and that's where where it ends and honestly like we can say it here like that is seth green that is oz's last episode as a series regular we might see him pop up again um maybe but uh that that is it that is how they wrote this ending for Oz. This is how they wrote him off the show. And I'm sure most people know Seth Green had a mo- had was getting movie deals. He was getting a lot of work in cinema. And of course he wanted to go and pursue that, right? And it's not like they were y- using his character to the best of their ability throughout the series. So him and Joss Whedon made the choice to write him out in season four. And um, and I just, I just, I like we knew this was leading up to this from... Uh, living conditions when he first saw Veruca and they had that exchange outside and then obviously again in beer bad and now here like they and even in fear itself right when he was transforming into a wolf he scratched Willow and that was his fear that he was gonna wolf out and hurt her well that's exactly what happened in this episode so they've been sprinkling these little crumbs all throughout the season up until now so Hmm. I don't know why they had to choose cheating I don't know why this was the breakup that they had to endure maybe because it helps with Willow's growth overall. (sighs) But I I wish that they could have let him leave with dignity and respect. And when I say they sabotaged his character, it's because like you said, he's been our precious little boy up (laughs) until this episode, or I guess a little bit of last episode, but he's been the perfect boyfriend. He's been sturdy. He's been good. He's been a good friend to the Scoobies. Then all of a sudden in this episode, he cheats, he murders, he lies and he leaves. And it hurts. Okay. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. And there is a part of me that wants to agree with you. You're making a really good case. Mm-hmm. I don't hate this ending. And there's a couple of reasons. One is, I just, I think this episode is such a great exemplar for what this show does. You know, we spent three seasons examining Buffy as high school as hell. Now we're in the college years and it's not so much that college is hell, but college is your first encounter for a lot of people. Not everybody. For a lot of people, it is your first encounter with adult freedom, with nobody 
controlling your your time, controlling where you live, controlling what you do. And what I love about this season in particular is it really does show us the struggles of the Scoobies to deal with more adult-type problems. And the way this episode uses the compulsion of the werewolf attraction to explore the complicated nature of young adult, new adult relationships during college, it really speaks to me. And I say this as somebody who's never been in a romantic <laughs> relationship. But like, no, you're right. You're you right. know, I like how they're using the werewolf metaphor here of like Oz encountered something he couldn't control and he made a mistake. And, and this may be a supercilious comment on my part because you're saying, well, this feels out of character for him. And like I said, I do want to agree with you because I do think there is a, there is a little element of Joss Whedon being upset at Seth Green here. Mm. Maybe I'm being supercilious. Maybe I'm affected by what I read on Twitter. But I also think there is truth. There is painful truth in what happens with Oz, which is hashtag not all men, but too many men. Too many men whom we see as good people, as good men. And who we would, you know, if you asked us, you know, would that guy cheat? Would that guy harass? Would he abuse his partner? And we'd say no, because everything we've seen of him up until this point tells us he's a good man. And then we we are surprised. We're shocked when allegations come out later that he was doing something all along or he did something in a moment of passion, you know. And again, I'm not trying to generalize and say that this is something that all men experience in our society but i have seen it too often not to see a pattern there and i do think that there is a truth whether the show is getting at this on purpose or it just happens to hit on this across everything else it's doing in this episode but i think there's a truth there which is that even the best men that we encounter in our society have this potential to erupt in violence or betrayal or harm, especially towards women, because at our core, our society is misogynistic and our society programs and socializes men, especially cis men, to have these unhealthy attitudes. Because what this comes down to, right, as you have correctly observed, is Oz responds to these attractions in unhealthy and toxic ways, because no matter how uh, how much we've held him up as a paragon of masculinity up until this point, unfortunately, he still lives in our toxic society. He still has elements of toxic masculinity, and this is how they've manifested. And it just so happened to erupt all of a sudden, and it's tragic. Yeah, and all of a sudden is right, because like, like I said, like we've already laid it out, all the things that he did in this episode, and it's not like it was stretched out over time. He had one cheating scandal, then he had a murder scandal later. It was in one episode, just to get him out of here. Yeah, he's not a politician, Stan. <laughs> I know. He ha he ha but I think it, that's another reason why he had to leave. He was like, look at all the shit I just did. I don't know oh, who I, I am. Oh, I agree. Like, yes, him leaving. Like, I wish they could have stayed together. Yeah. But no, no, he had to go. Right to leave. He had like, to go. He needs yeah. to. Yeah. At this point, he had to go. But I also want to say, like, we've said earlier, both of us have said, good people make mistakes. He made a mistake. He made a lot of mistakes in this episode. It doesn't make me dislike his character because I accept that he is a good person who made 
bad choices. And that often right. happens. We saw that with with Faith. We see that with all these characters that go down a bad path, right? But it did, like, like I said, again, rewatching this episode for the first time in years and years and years, this is the first time that I've ever seen that side of him. Before, I, I think I got caught up in the last scene always, and I was younger, mm-hmm. and I didn't think yeah. about it as hard. But when I really sit back and look at it, and you see the problems he created for himself, it's a hard pill to swallow when it's one of your favorite characters. And I understand why people want to defend him, and I also understand why people judge him. But absolutely, for me, it's like he made a mistake and he left for it. He left. So yeah, sometimes you make mistakes and you can't come back. You can't recover. Right. Yeah. And we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Who's your hero? I chose Buffy. I chose Buffy. It's not her episode, um, but she yeah. was a really great friend. You know, I choose Riley <laughs> for saving I, That's Willow. what I was going to say. Oh, kind really? of joking. <laughs> like, this is a hard episode to choose a hero yeah. because like we were saying, this is a Willow and Oz episode. Neither of them are particularly heroic in this episode. Willow, mm. for all that she suffers, is not heroic. No. Um, it's hard. It's hard to choose a hero. I have to. I think I have to agree with you just kind of by default. Is like Buffy, of all the characters who are in this episode, is the most heroic. And I'll, I'll give Riley the honorable mention because he did save Willow's life. So. <laughs> Good for you, Riley. Your first could, honorable could we mention. Say, could we say Spike's the hero for giving us some comic relief? At the very beginning, just a little, little, little taste of something to be happy um, about. Okay, so we've got a few hot steaks. First we one do. is about this episode. So it's from Julia, uh, who was really on the ball sending us these thoughts. And yeah, so Julia says, and I've kind of condensed this for length. Um, as much as I love Oz, we as Buffy fans feminist fans at that, tend to put him on a pedestal of emotional intelligence and non-toxic masculinity. The writers were in a tough spot to try and write out Oz's character, but I think the way the episode is constructed is 100% believable, given his history. In the past, Oz has repeatedly isolated himself to deal with his problems. See phases when he locked himself up instead of Mm -hmm. telling people about his problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was always going to be a breaking point eventually because as much as oz might want to be he is no longer a regular human he cannot go on pretending as if nothing happened to him veruca is right the wolf is inside all the time the affair with veruca is less about the sex and more about oz giving into being a werewolf Oz hiding Veruca's werewolfness and her revelry in it ties into his tendency to isolate, as well as his shame regarding being a werewolf. Mm. I mean, yeah, like, I think we, we covered some of this in our discussion. I think there's some interesting thoughts here. And, and I agree, like, it's less about the sex. It's more about his own hangups and his issues we barely talked about him being a werewolf, right? Like we were talking about how he ba- it barely comes up. And I think that part of that is because he didn't want to accept that part of himself. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to touch on what Julia said near the beginning with the fact that Oz um, deals with his problems by himself. And I think we mentioned a bit of that earlier, but um, it's so true. And the thing is, is as much as we put Oz on a pedestal and we put, uh, I put Willow and Oz's relationship on a pedestal a lot before not so much anymore because we we as we saw they weren't actually together that much (laughs) um but they always had communication issues 
always because Oz is so stoic. Oz does not share his feelings and emotions as much. He keeps it to himself and Willow struggled with that a lot. So it, you know, as much as we don't like that he kept things to himself in this episode, it is consistent with what he's been showing us. So if it's the wolf that's causing him to have more emotion, such as screaming like now, or even crying at the end of the episode before he leaves, hey, this is his time to explore that, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. So thanks, Julia. Our next hot take is from Laura, who wrote in on Instagram to let us know the British definition of the word bint. Because remember, in Harsh Light of Day, Spike said bint. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And Laura says that it's a derogatory term used only towards women. It means idiot, brainless bit, like bimbo, um, but with the inferred attractiveness. Okay, yeah. So I knew it was a pejorative and misogynistic term. Uh, I did not understand the attractiveness aspect of it. So it's very interesting. So thank you. Yes, we, um, we appreciate when people write into us about slang, especially about um british slang or english slang or whatever um and also when we get corrections and stuff um uh you know people are very good to point out either when we've misjudged a word and we do appreciate that or our next hot stake for roshin on on twitter um not so much in the hot stake but roshin also pointed out that uh we keep calling giles and spike's accents british accents but they're really english accents because mm. there's there's no such thing as a british accent right it's english various there are various english accents there are various scottish accents there are welsh accents irish 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 <laughs> accents irish right accents. so uh thanks for calling us out on that we appreciate it we're yeah. always willing to have corrections so thank you for that and yeah so roshin actually wrote in to talk about consequences but this fits in with Willow and how she reacts to setbacks because Roisin wants to talk about Willow's reaction, crying in the bathroom when she found out that uh, Xander had sex for the first time with Faith. Roisin says, I think that Willow's reaction is as much about Faith as it is about Xander. I don't think she would have cried in the bathroom if she had heard Xander had first had sex with Cordelia or with Anya, you know, from the following season. Uh, And it's specifically to do with the timing, Willow's insecurities with her relationships in general, and what Faith represents in contrast to Willow's feelings on herself. So then Roisin kind of goes on to make some connections to how, at the time, Willow was feeling abandoned by Buffy for Faith. Um, And that leads into the next episode, Doppelgangland, where Willow gains confidence to stand up to Faith later on in the season. So I just, I really like this analysis and I wanted to include this hot stake in this episode because we see Willow's insecurities manifesting again here. Yep, I agree with that. And um, I'm actually really excited to see where Willow goes from here because nothing changes you and nothing challenges you more than heartbreak, right? And we literally watched her heart tear in two in this (sighs) episode, especially in that last scene. So, you know, our hearts are with Willow right now and it's exciting to see where those insecurities will diminish maybe hopefully in the future the last thing we want to share is a call out to all of our wicca experts right remember in um fear itself we brought up the difference between wicca and witchcraft and we were a little bit confused Mm -hmm. i know chloe on discord gave us a really good definition right yes so chloe aka a quaker witch on discord talked about wicca versus witchcraft 
Um, she said we pretty much got the definition of Wicca correct last week. It's a pagan spirituality, a specific path within paganism, uh, and people may also identify as witches. Um, witchcraft, therefore, has some overlap with Wicca. Not all witches are Wiccan, though, as witchcraft is a general term for those practicing magic. For example, Chloe says, I'm a witch, but I'm not Wicca. Um, the use of witchcraft in fantasy pop culture is annoying because they use the same word, but the practice is more fantasy and fictional rather than the reality of what we do as witches. Uh, later in the show, Willow starts saying magics, plural, um, and Chloe says, I think this helps to distance her magic from in real life magic, which we often spell magic with a K, uh, to distinguish our practice from fictional magic. So there's some nuance there for all of our listeners who, like us, are not quite as well versed in these distinctions. And again, we really appreciate the education, everybody. Yeah, and I also want to say how amazing it is that we usually record on Thursdays, but we also drop our episodes on Thursdays. And some of you are so awesome and you listen immediately. <laughs> I don't know if you listen at midnight when it drops, but you listen <laughs> at some point in the morning and then you send us messages answering questions we have in that episode in time for us to address in the recording that night. And Chloe was not the only one to reach out to tell us about the definitions of Wicca and witchcraft. So we read Chloe's, but shout out to Erica and to Belle Gaia for also sending in um, their definitions of what it is. Yay. Super helpful. We love the education. Thanks so much, you guys, for being engaged and quick, very quick. <laughs> yeah, we love it when people are on the ball. And I, I mean, I get it if you don't listen the day it comes out. No, I'm usually fine. like two weeks behind on my podcast and stuff. And then I want to write in, but I'm just like, it's, it's too late. Um, so shout out to all the people who are listening to this two or three weeks behind. I see you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's great. We love, we love our community of listeners. Um, and we also really appreciate those of you who are supporting us on Buy Me A Coffee. Uh, we have a new supporter to thank. So thank you to Grace for joining us and... Um, we really appreciate everybody who's doing that, especially our chosen ones. Lizzie, Emma, Hannah, Molly, Teza, Alexandra, Kyle, Kayla, Destiny, and Brady. And thanks for being here with us, everybody, and holding our hands through through the hard yeah, times. This was this was a real one. This was a... I miss him already. The, yeah, like Harsh Light of Day was heavy, but like I think this episode was, like you said, this one is heartbreaking. I also want to say that like, this one hurts a little bit more than when Angel and Cordelia left because, uh, like, and like I already said, this is more or less the end of that character, right? At least we know if we miss the other two, we can visit them elsewhere. We shall see. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch! See you next week!